Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. Hi, post-holidays, almost post-holidays. Today's New Year's Eve. Do you have any New Year's plans? No, just going to stay in with the girlfriend and watch uh, Sopranos and Andy and Andy. Mm. And yeah, eat some Thai food. Ooh, my favorite. Um, you have to celebrate one thing, though. You got your brown belt, finally. I did, man. I did. Yes, thank you. Tell me about your feeling. How did it feel finally getting your brown belt? And what does a brown belt mean to you? A brown belt, to me, I guess, means like, oh, you're going to be a black belt. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that transition. Like, oh, okay, like this guy's going to make it. That, that's how I look at it. Do you feel as though, like, does it make a difference to you? Because you were always competing hard with the brown belts and the black belts. And you're a purple belt, whatever. But now that you're a brown belt, does that change any outlook you have in terms of, like, where you stand? Like, do you care about the recognition? That, like, all right, he's a brown or... I don't really care about, like, well, it's just, like, a validated but not like validated because of the belt just validated like when people talk about you at like a belt ceremony or something where it's like oh they do recognize they do respect even like the hard asses that like don't really give props to anybody and then they give props to you and you're like oh okay like you always thought you like garnered their respect but to hear it verbally is kind of nice yeah that's sweet so it it makes you feel validated and you're like yeah I, i i feel that way it's just nice to hear that others see it that way too so what was like the best compliment you heard about your gosh i don't I don't know my coach gave a pretty long speech especially because like i started grappling in like 2006 i've been on and off and he was saying how he was on and off too i think he was a white belt for five years my coach mm. so like yeah different gyms and stuff too kind of resets you so the nicest thing i don't know that i just it's the ultra commitment. Like, it doesn't matter if you're hurt, you're there for your teammates. Like, you're, you're there to be a body. Like, you just go. Yeah, Leah said something like that, too. Even if you're hurt, you should be going in because the other people are counting on you. Well, not hurt, but if you're tired or frustrated or whatever, the more yeah, you go I mean, in, even hurt, you teammates. can still be a body for them to, like, drill stuff on. Even if you're not going to roll or do anything, like, still something. And being hurt is just, it comes with the territory. So say this was Festivus. What's the shitty part of your game? Oh, remember the, uh, remember the holiday, the Seinfeld holiday Festivus? Where yeah, you air yeah, your yeah. Grievi- the, the, you air shittiest, your the shittiest part of my game in, in grappling. Yeah. Mm, choke defense, I guess. Really? Yeah, I guess. It's not even like choke defense, I want to say. But when people get like head and arm position on me, it's annoying. I feel like it could... Like, they are usually able to advance position more than I'm able to not escape, but like I lose position basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not like getting finished with chokes, at least not often at all. But if you do threaten a head and arm, it does usually give you an advancement of position. All right. So we know Artura's weakness. What's your festivist gripe about jujitsu as a whole? Is that people think jujitsu is the only thing for grappling. It's like the art of grappling where like, so is wrestling, so is catch wrestling. So, you know what I mean? Like, so is judo. Like to me, it's your grappling. And don't think that jujitsu is the supreme grappling form. It's just a grappling form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I think everyone should train to be a grappler. Learn it all. Yeah, grappling is... Yeah, all-encompassing. I feel like, yeah, if you can't bring the fight to the ground, I feel like that's starting to change, though. I feel like enough people are, like, upset at it where it's, like... Even just the idea of, like, I don't know, like, being complacent in guard or, or again, like, thinking, like, certain submission holds are, like, not cool or, like, oh, no, that's a crank, not a choke. Like, I want to see that mindset ditch more and more. Like, even recently, like, someone was cranking me I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, I wouldn't do that to anyone else. But he's like, I know you're cool with it. And I'm like, you shouldn't apologize to anyone ever for that shit. You know, I'm like, no, do that. Like, and I not actually, just to me. 
I actually say sorry after everything. Yeah, <laughs> why are we saying sorry? That's the point of the game. Like if I score a touchdown on you, but like, oh, sorry, dude. No, I actually do the same thing. If I do, <laughs> I, I'm always no. It doesn't mean I stop, and it doesn't mean I don't give everything. But it, sure. I'll I'll like rip your chin, and I'll try to choke you, and then I'll be like, sorry, man. And then I'll do, uh, then we go again right after. It's just like one of those instinctual. That's why I love Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because mm-hmm. they asked Kevin Holland what was because Kevin Holland talks a lot of shit. His nickname in the ring is Big Mouth, mm-hmm. and then Wonderboy Thompson kept kicking him in the head. And they were like, oh, it sounded like you were talking with him. Like, what was he saying? Because he said, they're like, he just kept saying sorry every time he kicked me in the head. And I was like, I love Wonder Boy. It's so sweet. Like, such a gentleman. Like, roundhouse you right in the liver. They'd be like. Yeah, that's funny. There was a girl in class today and she was like her first day. And then someone was showing her an arm triangle. And she was like, I don't want to hurt you. And then like, to like some other girl. Yeah, I, my response, and I, I was talking to Craig, my response is always like, you can't hurt me. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, it's all, I think it's good, though, it's just the community and whatever, even like the discussion topics of like, wanting to wrestle or do like some weird rubber guard or daily Heva. I feel like this year was such a good year, especially because the year before we had like COVID and whatnot. Mm hmm. Right, like 2020 to 2021, there was like this yeah. vagueness about the gyms. So like this year felt like back. Yeah, it's nice. If like a, a lot of other people that train felt that as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's good to hear. Congratulations, man, on your brown belt. I think Thanks. that's awesome. Appreciate it. I do feel like I am one step closer now. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, you leveled up. You leveled up. Now we level up the podcast. There we and go. What did you think about this year in just terms of like MMA and fighting? Yeah, let, let's get into it. Kind of like this is the the best of, right? The end of the year kind of thing. Yes. I thought this was a great year for fighting, martial arts, all combat sports. When I was thinking about like, you know, best fights, upsets, breakout fighters, I wasn't just thinking UFC. Like I started to think like, you know, one championship and like some grappling matches I had seen and like just a bunch of different stuff, some kickboxing I was watching. And I'm like, God dang, like perhaps we are in a golden era without even realizing it. You know, like we always look back and like, oh, those were the golden days. But looking back at this year, I don't know. I feel like this was a big one. I felt like it was a big one, but I felt like there's also a lot of spaces in between. Maybe, but maybe that's just like our own... ADD kind of like kicking in on it because when I'm looking back I'm like I can't believe this was this many good fights this many good fighters and it all happened in a year yeah I I don't know I guess when we go through it maybe we'll even see more and you're like god dang like everyone is so good there's so many good fights I think maybe just because we have to sift through like you know six or seven all right fights to find like an amazing fight but there's a lot yeah, maybe we are just saturated by content. Yeah, maybe just a little spoiled in that regard. But I mean, it, when I was looking at even just best fights, there was dozens. And I was like, oh my God. Like there was basically like one every couple of weeks, but we're just kind of spoiled by it, I feel like. Yeah. What was your KO of the year? Best KO is a tough one. And Unfortunately, I'm going to go with the common pick. I think Michael Chandler over Tony Ferguson was the best KO. Really? That was that was the common one? Yeah. That's not that's mine at all. Pick. That's a common pick. Yeah, that that front kick just it it mushed Tony's face into like some simian aftermath. It just dropped him so hard. He had never taken a shot like that before. See, yeah, I thought me, it was the best KO. To me, Tony is a little I don't want to say washed, but it weathered. So you're saying that 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 changes the context the competition. of the competition. To okay. me, the competition changes it. Okay. So for me, I had KO of the year. Leon Edwards had kicking Usman. Okay, yeah. I mean, great knockout. Just championship fight. Usman, so th- who's pretty much undefeated. Maybe I didn't last pick that round. because I picked that for best upset. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Because that's the best come from behind. Is there a better yeah. one? Yeah, like I think like that has to be it. So for my sub of the year, I also have a come from behind. Okay. It's when Jiri choked out Glover. Ooh, great one. Yeah. Because he Another was losing one. he was losing that round. Yeah. 
Because I felt like, same thing. It's the championship. It's the elite of the elite. Glover has such a good ground game. Mm-hmm. And Jiri's not known for his ground game at all. And he yep. just saw it and went for it. And it wasn't a traditional, like, I got my hooks in choke. Right. Like, he got it to the my side. Favorite. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a bulldog. And, yeah, it kind of shows you kind of what we were talking about a little bit. Like, grappling is grappling. It doesn't have to be, like, perfect. And you have a monster dude like Jiri who's strong and, like, a fucking ninja just does that. Mm-hmm. And Jiri is slowly rising in my favorite fighters. Me too, but we're not going to see him for a long time. I know. I feel like we'll see him in like six months. So he's got some of that Tony, for Tony energy, you know? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he'll, he like just stayed in a room for three days. It is like no light, no food. And yeah. he just was with his demons. I do I appreciate that. that he vacated the title as soon as he got hurt. That's like That's I, the most legit shit ever. He's like, nah, no, no need for like interim stuff. Like I'm vacating the top. Wow. That's why I love him. He's yeah. That makes it even like so much cooler. He's like, you guys give somebody else a belt and I'll just take it right back once I'm mm-hmm. healthy. Like, he's not considering, like, the money and the publicity and, like, mm-hmm. oh, how do I... I think he's, like, thinking of, like, the fans. And I think some people will say that's stupid. And sometimes I think it's stupid in sports. Like, there's a college player and he's... he If he went into the draft this year, he's going to be a top five pick. Mm. But he decided to stay another year. Oof. I think that's a little stupid because yeah. football is so dangerous. You're so young. Like, Timing's everything. Yeah. And if you're a, a top five pick, you're going to get like maybe 25 million guaranteed. But if you go to 25, which is not yep. even that low, like yep. now it's like 16 million guaranteed, but you could fuck up your knee and now you're in the third round and it's like two and a half million. Yep. After that goes into taxes, like you could take care of your whole family. But I also feel like Ajiri, where he is, he's probably made a decent amount of money. He lives in like the woods, you know, and he like stays mm-hmm. in his room with no lights. He doesn't need that much money. And now he has a fan in me where I'll always watch him. And I think yeah. there's like at least 80,000 other people that probably feel the same way from that. So I feel like you got to do shit like that sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's not always. I, yeah. So, yeah, I love Jiri. What about you? What was the sub that you loved this year? So I thought the two most impressive, for me, the most impressive sub was a little bit context-based, I guess, because if I look at like the best subs, I'm thinking Charles Oliveira, like he's come from behind with subs like each time, but Islam sub over Charles, I think was like the biggest statement. So that's, that's my pick. I might even give a tie to Gordon Ryan over Andre Galvao, just because like Galvao's a legend. Like you just, you just don't see that. And Gordon went right through him. You're right. When somebody's so, so like, dominating. Those subs are like, whoa, those are legendary subs. I agree with you on Islam. And I feel like, yeah, it was just sometimes when things are so easy, I don't feel like I appreciate it enough. Mm. You know, where I picked like the fifth round Naga with Leon and like the right. last second choke. But yeah, there was probably no more impressive sub yeah. than what Islam did because Here's Oliveira, who's the king of subs in the UFC by like a wide margin. And as soon as Islam grabbed that head and arm choke, it was over. In a, yeah. And that wasn't thing. even like a head and arm triangle is often looked at as a, one of the stronger man moves. And so when you have someone that's super technical and great at subs, you're just not thinking that that's very likely to finish. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he finished it so quick on him was really impressive. And I think he also finished the same head and arm on Drew Dober, but I think he was still in Drew Dober's half guard. Mm. And I think when they were announcing it or somebody was like, whoever's doing the analysis, they were like, I don't think he'll be able to finish it here. He's going to have to clear the leg. And then Dober tapped. Yeah. And people were like, holy fuck, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> How strong is Islam that that happened? And also, if you don't know who Drew Dober is, he looks like the Chad meme guy. Like the biggest jaw jacked. Yeah. Like like ultra fit Captain America man. Yeah. And Islam just choked him out from his half guard, which was insane. Yeah. You know, speaking of which, of Drew Dober, let's let's talk about the most underrated guy of the year. Because Drew Dober would be in the running for it. Yeah, he'd be in the running. If you had to pick the most underrated fighter of 2022, a guy that like maybe didn't get a win or got a win is being snubbed a ranking. Or maybe, I don't know, your own version of, underrated like a guy that's ranked lower than you think he should be i'm gonna i'm gonna stick 
with what we've been talking about. I don't know. I don't know if I'm being cheesy, but right now it's just in my head. But I feel like Islam is underrated. Wow. I feel okay. like the the fact that he did that to Oliveira so easily, mm-hmm. like this, it's the same thing with Khabib. Like when Khabib won a championship, mm-hmm. I don't think it meant, oh, Khabib is now a champion. Okay. It just meant, oh, Khabib had the opportunity to become a champion and seized it. And I think right. if you gave him the opportunity two years earlier, he would have also won it. Mm. And I feel that way about Islam because Oliveira became my favorite fighter this year. Just the way he fights and the way he comes back and he could win in any fashion. And he did it against Poirier and Gage, all the top people. And then mm-hmm. Islam walked right through him. So it's like Islam could win those fights too, I think. Like, I just think Islam is now, he's like reaching that level. If he wins a couple fights, then he is at Khabib's level already. And I think he's going to go for more stuff. So I think if I could buy stock in Islam, I don't think he's like Disney where he's already so high. I think he's still low where I think he's going to reach like legendary status. Okay, well, let me do this then. I'm going to go with my underrated fighter of the year who fought Islam in his first UFC fight and lost a decision. Mm. Armin Sarukian. Fair. He lost to Matt Hughes, Gamrot in such a close match. And he's a guy that I feel like, I feel like Gamrot kind of took some of his energy. And you could definitely pick Gamrot as still underrated. He is an underrated great fighter. But there's something about me that thinks Sarukian's just a little bit better than Gamrot and that Sarukian will be champion. I think you're right. And it can definitely be argued that Sarukian won that fight against Gamrot. Yeah, yeah, it, it was close. Mm-hmm. And Sarukian took down Islam, I think. Yeah, I mean, Sarukian had a great fight with Islam. And to have that, imagine Islam, Islam being anyone's fight sucks. Imagine that's your first UFC fight. Yeah, that's, that's and pretty... you don't even come out that bad. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Islam is now granted that was years that was years ago, but his 2022 he went two and one with that loss to Gamrot. But he could have beaten Gamrot. He could have beaten Gamrot. Yeah, I just think he's underrated. Like this is a guy that I think should be in the like number five or something, but they're gonna keep him around like ten, you know, twelve. Yeah, maybe because none of the top fighters want to fight anybody, and they definitely mm-hmm. don't want to fight Sarukian. Mm-hmm. So Fiziev is in that same world too, but Fiziev is a striker. Mm-hmm. So at least they'll be like, all right, I'll fight a striker because I have a better chance mm. that Sarukian is more complicated. In fun fights of the year, okay, I had so, Sarukian and Gamrat. Oh, great fight. Yeah. That was the funnest grappling fight of the year. And the funnest striking fight of the year was Holland and Wonderboy. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, both great fights. I chose my best fight of the year for just like not technique but just total entertainment and i'm also biased because i went to the event it happened in san diego but Mm -hmm. nate landwehr versus david that was yeah that was a barn burner that was a crazy fight where both guys looked like they were going out multiple times it was wild i've never seen someone just get up from top side control to just go back to standing because he's like nah it's not active enough yo what do you did you say that was the best fight of the year or did you say that was the funnest fight of the year? I I, I that's I'm looking at it as synonymous. As the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't totally look at them the same way. I understand that. But like you're uh, telling me now my criteria is most technical. Yeah, I'm not picking that fight. Yeah, that was best like fight, best fight. I'm like, I'm trying to sell anyone. You're like, oh hey, do you like fighting? No, not really. It's all right. Okay, the, hey, watch this. Tell me it's not a great fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I like my choices a little bit more because they're a little bit more technical. Sure. But I, I, I agree. I get what you're saying. Because that guy, Nate, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I forgot about that fight. But that yeah. fight was amazing. So like, that entertaining. Was, and so the crowd And I want to give it insane. to guys. I, you know, I'm looking for a reason to give it to a guy that people don't really hear about. Yeah. And he has a great quote that you told me. You should mm. tell me his, his quote. What was his quote about endurance? Oh, remember? man, I forgot it. Yeah, I'll tell you okay, that if you don't ahead. remember. But he was like, I don't negotiate with fatigue. That's it. And I love that. He's like, <laughs> he's like I just keep going. Like I, and uh, he showed it. I think he's like a Tennessee boy, and he like fought in Russia a bunch. Uh-huh. And then he just started the UFC. And once I heard that, I was like, you know this guy's tough. Because 
how different can you be from Tennessee to Russia and then to go there where I'm assuming shit is shady in Russia and like here you are just probably from a small fuck town and you're like, all right, I'll just fight a bunch of Russians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and then, where it's like, oh, my God. And then he came here and put on that show. Yeah, you have to be a psycho. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you got to be tough as fuck. Mm-hmm. I remember There's, even like I think Paul Felder was commentating and he's like, oh, I've trained with Nate. He's one of the biggest psychos I've encountered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good one. All right. Um, so if we're going to go like best fight, you want to go for the worst fight? Oh, worst fight. Have you thought about this? No, I haven't thought about it. All right. I'll go off the get go then. Thug Rose versus Carla Esparza. Okay, why'd you think that was the worst fight? It was the worst fight. Barely anything happened. Carla won, right? Yeah. Well, clearly it wasn't that good of a fight if I don't really remember. So, Dude, they should have both lost. It was so bad. No one's ever going to want that fight to ever happen again. Oh, I know my worst fight. Who was that dude in the one of the most recent UFC cards where he just kept going for Iminari rolls and he couldn't get the oh, takedown? Oh, yes. Who was that? Was like, it was versus Dan a- Hooker. Yeah, yeah that's... Um, Claudio, I'm pretty sure his name was Claudio. To me, yes, very good jujitsu guy, but yeah, he just kept doing that. Yeah, that was that sucked. There's nothing that disappoints me more than a jujitsu guy that cannot at least bring on yeah. a clinch. I, I don't, I don't blame Dan Hooker though. Like that, that I think that's no, like, I don't that's blame the Dan worst Hooker. Fight performance. I don't think that's the worst fight. Okay, that's fair, but that yeah. performance, that type lame. of stuff, annoys me. Yeah, same. Agreed. You're in the UFC. You should be good at wrestling by now. And I guess there's levels to it. But like, go Even for like if you don't wrestle, Ashi. don't spam the same move that doesn't work. Exactly. Because it just shows you that like, oh, that's all you have. Oh, boy. Get an underhook. Pull guard. Pull Dude. it, though. Actually, like, you yeah, know, anything. like, go. Yeah, exactly. That, that frustrated me. But uh, that card was great. Yeah. And who did Poirier fight that night? Uh, yeah, I only have recency bias. Yeah. Uh, who did Poirier fight? That night. Chandler? Yes. That was it. Yeah. That was maybe fight of the year. That was like one of the funnest fights. But that was also because I was watching at the gym and like everybody was mm, cheering. It was a great fight. But it was like, and the first few, fi- and the fight I'm commenting on before about like the guy spamming, I think it was the fight before. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, that sucked. And then here's yeah. these two guys that really gave it their all. It was like, that was amazing. Yeah. All right. What about. Let's say we did underrated. Let's do overrated. Who's, who do you think is the most overrated fighter? I got my answer. Who's yours? Patty Pimblet. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think it's no question. I think the last fight finally illuminated it, but I thought it a couple of fights ago. And people hate his attitude too, because it was a close yeah. fight. And I hate when it's a close fight and the person's like jumping up and down, like they dominated. Like, dude. Yeah. And then you go like fight of the night and you're like, oh, it wasn't even a good fight. No, not at all. What? And most people thought the other guy won. Like most of the media, it was like 95% voted for Jared Gordon. I Mm -hmm. think his name was like, it's like, come on, Patty. You're just riding off the coattails of like Connor. Like you want to be the British or person from the United Kingdom that has a bravado and talks loud, but like you're kind of a dick. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even looking at his personality. I'm just looking at his skill set and his skill set alone. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't think he's that great. Can he be great? Sure. Yeah, over time. But I don't know. He's people are like, ah, he's young. I'm like, he's not that young. Like, ah, yeah. he hasn't had that many fights. I'm like, he's had like almost 30 fights, I think. Like, that's a <laughs> lot. Yeah. So, like, clear. is he going to get that much better? Yeah, I'll get better, but. I- I don't know. I'm not sure we ever see a Patty Pimblet in the top 10. I might even go that far. Yeah, people were saying the only person in the top 10 that they think he can beat is probably Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I wouldn't even bet it. I would want Tony to win that fight. I don't want to see Tony ever fight again, but if he does mm-hmm. fight, I want that to be the fight, and that would be good to go out on top of like a yeah. victory show, the youngins. Would you consider Masvidal to be overrated? Just because... A lot of casual and a lot of regular people were like, he's the man after like. I know people have really turned against him and like they don't like who he is now. Yes. But I don't think that discredits his skill set. I know he hasn't beaten like 
top guys in a while, but I still think Masvidal is tough as fuck. Yeah, well, he's 0-3, but it's to Usman twice and Colby. Right. So, like, you know, strength of schedule is 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's just that he comes off very cringe. If there was a cringiest fighter award, I think he wins the cringiest fighter award Mm. for the year. Because he basically tried to copy... He used to be cool where he didn't talk that much and he was like a Diaz. Yeah. And then, then he like became like, I'm going to be like Connor. I'm going to wear a robe and I'm going to wear like a smoke a cigar. And I'm going right. to violence, violence, violence. Like, like Yeah. The street the- Jesus. I feel like he left the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And street Jesus was cool, but it's like the same words over and over again. Like that's the beauty of Connor. He's clever. You got to be smart. Mm-hmm. And this is why kids should go to school. Like, you know, like even if you think you'll be like a fighter, like, hey, it's important to read and have like creative. Be, like be like a Connor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You have to be an intelligent person. And I feel like eventually, like some of these things that you're seeing. Oh, that's my festivus complaint of jujitsu this year. Okay. A lot of the people are stupid and they In just talk sh- like flat earth bullshit, conspiracy uh, bullshit, like like Gordon Ryan. Like I I respect Gordon Ryan as a fighter, but he was like saying stuff about like mental health where he's like, people are pussies now. And maybe that's, you can make a case that people are pussies now to some extent. Uh But then he showed his statistic like, well, in 1950, like, so like it was five out of every 10,000 men killed themselves, but now it's 15. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, well, that's just because we're pussies now. And it's like, dude, you're not looking at the economy. You're not looking at drug rates. You're not looking Mm -hmm. at the temperatures. There's war going on. There's like, a million factors, yeah. but his yeah, one they're, factor they're, was yeah, like, like that's to say the environment is the same exact as it's the 1950s to compare that. Yeah. And then I saw somebody else posted a friend of mine. Well, he was like, well, actually in 1920, it was 18. So it's higher than now. So I was like, are you, but then they're like, well, that's the great depression. All right. Well, we kind of have a great recession, you know? So it's right. Like the economy mm-hmm. is more fat. I just think people don't think, and it's like a little annoying where it's kind of like, all right, I hear you. Yeah. Get your head out of your ass a little bit. Do you think that's a jiu-jitsu community thing or like other communities that like that? I think it's higher in jiu-jitsu. It is, right? I feel that way too, but maybe it's because we're just so immersed in it. Well, one, jiu-jitsu gives you an ego because you realize you can choke a lot of people out. Yeah. And so I, I think you like start to feel good about yourself. And maybe people get too overconfident and they just they got it all figured out. Yeah, and then they're yeah. in that community, so they like each other, and mm. they're not hearing negative thoughts on them. Mm. Where if I was saying stuff in the, the teachers' lounge, somebody might be like, "You're a fucking idiot," <laughs> you know? <laughs> where like, mm-hmm. you know, we're like in jujitsu. I feel like we're friendly. Like on the mats, like if somebody started even saying something, they'd be like, "All right, let's go roll." Like you know, they'd be like, yeah. "I don't want to." They wouldn't even be like, "You're an idiot." They're like, "All right, cool, let's roll." Like let's yeah. focus back on this. But you wouldn't realize that you were wrong. So. But maybe it's not the whole community. Maybe it's just the champions because that girl, Fion, and I saw like AJ something like people are like, all right, Gordon's a fool. Unfollow him. Like, you mm. know, like he's, he's great at jujitsu, but just yes. be a little bit open-minded. But yeah, I think we need more intelligent people in the fight world. Fair. Hey guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent a Arturo to teach you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta, it would mean a lot to me. Cheers. Okay, so we, I'd like to say, well, how'd you pick for breakout fighter of the year? Who had like the biggest impact this year that wasn't around last year or like wasn't really on radar? When did Cyril Gan fight Nganu? Ooh, I think that was the beginning of the year. And then Cyril fucked up Ty. Yeah. Oh, and that other Russian heavyweight, Sergey something. Sergey Spivak. That guy is fucking scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I'll go through the options. How about that? Yeah, give me some options. Bo Nickel, definitely a breakout fighter. 
Not yet. I think next okay. year, once Fair. he fights like three UFC guys, I think he'll be breakout. The biggest one, Alex Pereira. The biggest year maybe ever. I see. I put him as like upset of the year, but okay. I don't know because I still think eight out of the top ten beats him. Okay. So I don't what put about him breakout fighter of the year. Matt used Gamrot. Most people didn't know who he was. Yeah. But if I said Gamrot, then I'd also have to say Sarugian because their fight was so close. Okay. So like, uh, I don't feel like he fully broke out. I'll give out. you my pick. Cheeto Vera. Cheeto Vera is a great pick. I, I think I, had Cheeto, a, I mean, this guy's never even been knocked down. Like this guy's just killing everybody. And his knockout of Dominic Cruz was on my list of the hot, like the best. Like yeah. that was vicious and Absolutely. smart. And yep. like technical, it wasn't like I'm winging punches. Like he lulled him into that and oh, like stylistically beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think Cheeto finishes this next year, 2023 as champion. I think so too. As long as they give him a fight. Like, yeah, I think they lined up a fight for him and I was surprised it was someone under him. Sandhagen. There we go. Yeah, Corey Sandhagen. I was kind of surprised by that fight announcement. I'm like, what? Like Cheeto's not getting the shot? God damn. See, I, res- I respect Cheeto. I'm just insinuating stuff right now. Cheeto has a daughter that's sick. Mm-hmm. Like some type of issue, like birth defect. Okay. And he's from Ecuador. So I just imagine he's somebody that values money, like realizes the importance of money. So maybe he could have sat like cause six, seven months. Cause I think pretty sure they're going to do Aljo and Cejudo. Yeah. And then who knows if they have a close fight and then they do it again. Oh. So I, I could see them being like, yo, why don't you take this fight in February win and you're guaranteed the next shot? I guess. That's just me making shit up in my head but that's yeah. where i see it that's where i see it going and how it played out and i would love to see him fight cejudo or aljo and i i put i think i would favor i would bet on vera i don't know if i would favor him but i would bet on him and okay, i'd be rooting fair. for him over either of those two that's fair cheeto's a problem for everyone so yeah All cheeto right. said something the other day i was going to put a post on the instagram i don't know if it's true but he called aljo kind of a pussy for how much weight he cuts like oh. Aljo, Aljo walks around at 180 and he's fighting at 135. And he's like, I walk around at 150, 155. And he's like, I think I even cut too much weight. But he's like, whatever, 155 is kind of like 135. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I kind of think people that cut a lot of weight are pussies. Do you mm. agree with that statement? Wow. Do I agree with it? Yeah. That's a hard question because kind of is my answer. Yeah, kind of. I, I get what he's saying. Yeah, you are doing it to gain an advantage that you're kind of not supposed to have. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like it it's it's okay with the rules, but then like in in the end when you outweigh your opponent substantially, like I get it, five, ten, maybe fifteen pounds. When you're starting to outweigh your opponent, like Pereira, all these guys, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Part yeah, of like, Pereira is a this monster. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Rogan's I- called it like cheating. Yeah, I am happy at least other people are doing it. Before, it used to be just the Americans were good at weight cutting because we were wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Brazilians and everybody would get dominated. And now you're seeing like everybody's gotten good at weight cutting. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you spent so much time weight cutting. I don't know. How much of your camp are you spent focused on your weight and working just on your weight? Like I would guess like 15, 20%, right? Like it's something that's always... So if you had 20% more time to just focus on training... You know, like, I feel like that's what I want to see as opposed to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I would like to see it better, like one championship or even better. Or yeah, but same day weigh-ins, you get a five pound leeway. That's it. I feel like even if you did same day weigh-ins, even like a 10 pound leeway is cool. Because what is somebody going to cut four or five pounds that like minutes before? Because mm-hmm. even then it's like. All right, but that's you're just gonna hurt yourself if you I know, cut five, six pounds. People are gonna right like now. miss weight, and then they're like, "Oh, we can't have the fight now. It's the day of. Now, what do we do? Hit them hard with a purse, and that's a warning. You do it again, you're out. Like, yeah. you, just, you just have harsher restrictions so that when it happens, it's vital, and so that it won't happen. I think if you do weigh-ins, like even the moment they go into the cage, within five to ten pounds is fine. Yeah, I would like weigh-ins right before the cage too even for just the fans to understand that that was a variable that contributed. Yeah. And then there is no difference at that point between what 164 and somebody's 171. Like, all right, whatever. Like you're, 
you're kind of both the same. And if you took yeah, the but risk if, of being you a little know, bit more, Pereira is wearing weighing two twenty and Izzy's at like one ninety, you're like, Ooh. yeah, that's Ooh. that's huge. Yeah, but that also might. makes it exciting too. Where it's like, yo, right, sick. Yeah, I like want to see. I do think having the fans know would be great. Why not? Yeah, I'm with that. So what? Cheeto was your underrated breakout fighter. fighter. Be a, yeah, breakout fighter. That's a yeah. good one. If Cyril Ghan is still in this one, I think Ghan is going to win the championship. Agreed. He is a great fighter. I, I would pick him as one of the most underrated. Because I feel like Ghan should have beat Francis and he fucked up. And it was fight IQ that made him lose. And I love Francis. If they fight again, it'll probably be closer. Yeah, because maybe Francis is getting better too. I don't know. It's a great fight. I think I would bet mm-hmm. Cyril if they Me fought too. again. Me too. And what he did to Ty was maybe the saddest fight or the most brutal fight. Like if there's a brutality fight, I think it's that one where I'm like, yo, just stop the fight, please. Like, oh, one of my buddies just saw Francis Naganu at like a supermarket. Really? Yeah. I want to say it was in like the Irvine area. I was like, oh, really? He's over there? Like, yeah, I had an idea. That'd be so cool. I would love to see him at the supermarket. I know, right? Like, how do you, well, how do you not see him was one. And then two, yeah. Like who wouldn't want to meet Francis? He seems like... The nicest, coolest guy. I think I'm buying you peanuts or something. Whatever yeah. it is, like one of the things in his car. I go, let me buy you something. Uh, <coughs> I got a couple more if you if you're in for it. Yeah, give me them. All right. So I even wanted to delineate like the kind of style. So I was gonna think about best grappler and best striker this year. Yeah, grappler has to be Islam. To me, he's almost like my in UFC. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. I don't have the full knowledge of outside. Yeah. I he also only had, it. what, two fights this year? Yeah, but I don't feel like anybody fought that much. Okay. Well, how about this? I went, like, straight into, like, their own arts, basically. So I picked best grappler as Cade Rutolo. Okay, he why had, him? He, he had three. He, he won. He's the most. I think he's one of the most exciting grapplers to watch. That guy finds a sub like a magician tricks out of a hat. You know, like, I just think... You don't see the type of game that's more like viper, pressure, constriction. His game is like, let me grab something and find a sub out of this every second. And I just think that's so exciting. And he had three big wins this year in one championship. And like he's, yeah, he's one of the most exciting grapplers there are. So I'm picking him as best grappler. Okay. Now, does he have the best skill set in the world? I don't know. That's debatable. I do think he's one of the best. But I think like just for like this year, his performances is entertaining. I'm like, he's my pick. Okay. Yeah, I like the Rutolo brothers. I think Cage just had a better year. If we went similar to one of your previous questions, where you said, well, who's like a breakout sub person then instead of like the best? Oh, breakout. I like I like everything I hear out of that, that kid, Mikey Musumeci. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this was his breakout year. It could have been last year too. But yes, Mikey is great. He was one of As my a- picks for best grapple this year too. As a casual that doesn't know much about all mm-hmm. the grappling arts, so this is the first year I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. And he just looks like a cute kid. And oh, he's sweet. Man. He did a seminar at one of the schools I used to train at maybe like a couple of years ago and stuff. And he was sick then. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's awesome. And he was like on Rogan this year. And, mm-hmm. and then like he was like, I don't know. He just seems like a friendly, good person. Definitely the most likable grappler in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl, Fionn Davies. Both of yeah, them seem great. like very likable, good people. Mm-hmm. And I love his diet because Mike Musumeci's diet is very similar to my diet. My oh, really? I didn't know this. Diet. Yeah, he was on Rogan and Rogan's like, so what do you eat? Like, what do you do? Yeah, what he's does like, he eat? He's like, I don't eat all day. He's like, I don't eat when I train. And he's like, then I go home and I make myself a pizza and a pound of pasta or like two pounds <laughs> of pasta. I <laughs> just eats it. And it's like kind of vegetarian. And then like. So he's basically eating like a 20 year old because he is like 20 years old. (laughs) My question is, why are you eating like this? You're an adult. No, I don't eat like that. I trade like Mikey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be like Mikey. (laughs) Be like Mike. No, my girl makes like a lot of healthy salads and like fresh Mm -hmm. stuff. So we're eating like good. But uh. Sometimes people are just like, no, you got to do things this way. 
And I feel like sometimes you know, it works for your body, like works for it's all carbs and energy. I like the and- different stuff. I know Herschel Walker used to eat only one meal a day, and it would be at night after everything, and it was more often than not just a crazy soup he would make. Okay, Herschel Walker. And that yeah, was like, retarded, and there's so. also a guy that like didn't <laughs> weight train and was like crazy strong. And like, I love those weird, like, now nah, I do it this way. Like, I love the guys that think for themselves. My elementary school teacher used to tell us about Herschel Walker mm. back in the day. And he would say, Herschel Walker said that, I don't know if it's true now, but he's like, anytime there's a commercial, he's watching TV, he would do push ups or sit ups. Mm-hmm. So like just throughout the day, like, oh, you're sitting doing nothing? Break, go, do it. Like, and yeah, I, I like that. he did do a lot too. I remember his numbers were crazy. Like he would like thousand pushups every day, 2000 sit-ups every day. Like he did like crazy shit. Yeah. Insane. Other, other fun diets, just because we brought it up. Okay. Wade, Wade Boggs, mm-hmm. famous baseball player. He had 3000 hits. I think he had a, I think he said he ate fried chicken before every game. <laughs> All right. Wade Boggs played baseball. I can kind of see that being okay for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. And then Fedor was a big fan of fried. Yeah. Sometimes you get it. I remember Fedor it. was like, no, a lot of my, like, he's like, no, fried food is good. And like, like, yeah. wait, are you good because you like it. He's like, no, good for me. <laughs> I think there's something too. If you like it, it becomes good for you. <laughs> the power of the belief is strong. Obviously not with like meth, but like there's like people that smoke cigarettes till they're like a hundred, you know what I mean? And they're just like, they're like, whatever, I like it. Like they're not thinking about it stress-wise, but if you stress about quitting, yes. they're like the stress of quitting is worse than actually quitting. So I don't mm-hmm. know. And then I think Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson said he ate McDonald's every day. Yeah. So did Marvin Harrison. So there's a lot of high level athletes that eat like what would be conventionally thought of as like shit. So maybe it's just about working out and then you just eat the calories. And then really doesn't I think people operate a little differently. I think like if you have more muscle on your body, you're able to eat a lot more sugar because your muscles store the sugar. So your bloodstream's mm. not as high in the sugar. You know, like it, like having muscle just helps prevent diabetes. Like just simply put, like we're trying to get people to consume less sugar. I'm like, and you can work out more. I eat a ton of sugar, you know? So like, that's what, like helps combat those things. So when you have a guy like Marvin Harrison or Chad Ochocinco or Marshawn Lynch just eating sugar, they can get away with that. If you have someone like Tai Tuivasa eating sugar, probably not going to get away with that. Okay. You know there's what I mean? A lot of meat, so, it, there's a lot of sugar in that meat, right? I heard Taco Bell was like 50% sugar. Like even if oh, you get man. like a chicken wrap, it's just like. Yeah, they'll put sugar in everything, man. I mean, it tastes good. <laughs> well, why would you? It, yeah. You're trying it. to get people to like it. You add sugar to it. That's basically your formula for most things. Yeah, sugar, butter, salt, fats, oil. Yeah, yeah dude. Salt. Yeah, exactly. It's the key to make everything better. Like, if you don't have one of those things in your dish, good luck. Someone was like, why does food in restaurants taste so good? And the person that works in the restaurant was like, it's like, because we make the food like we hate you. Like, it's just unhealthy. <laughs> It's like you have no idea how much butter we use and salt, like every. It's like we hate you. Like you that's know? funny Make line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's great. All right, whatever. Fedor does it. I'm gonna do. It. Oh boy, here we go. All right, so best grappler. Let's talk about best striker. Yeah, for this one, I give it to Alex Pereira because he won the belt and he beat okay. fucking Izzy, and Izzy is a great striker. That's so, a like, great pick. That Absolutely. was amazing that he did that. So mm-hmm. I, t- I I respect Pereira a lot. I just didn't want to put him in the fight, like the full fighter category, because I feel like it was the perfect matchup for him. Yes. Well, he was most people's pick for breakout fighter just because he went from like nothing to champ in like a year. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I would never yeah. argue that. Yeah. yeah. I'm picking Rod Tang as the best striker. I love that guy's name. I think Rod Tang has some of the best striking. Easily like the best chin ever. He could just eat shots. He's crazy. He's got 300 fights. He's 25, 26. Although he might look like a bit older, but he's been fighting forever. And I'm just like, if he's not the best striker in the world, then I I, I can't pick anyone above him. That's basically it. In all realms, like you have the technical capacity, you have the toughness, you have the resume, you've had the big fights. I just... It's always exciting, almost always ends in finish. And I give even extra props for him 
because he did a mixed rules match with Mighty Mouse, who's one of the greatest MMA champions ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, props. That dude's a great fighter, but my pick for best striker. Okay. I love it. Yeah. If I had a choice of like which art has the best mentality for fighting, I think I give it to Muay Thai. I'm sorry. Oh, hands down. Hands Those down. People are the scariest, toughest fucking. And it's weird too because we don't think of all right, martial arts kind of originated in Asia to some extent, but we don't think of Asians as the best fighters. And I don't think we we definitely don't think of Asians as the toughest. Mm. When I think of Muay Thai people as definitely the toughest, which is kind of weird, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, I get, I do get what we, you're. We almost don't yeah. think of it as an Asian art because yes. I don't know if we think like they're just darker and it's like Southeast Asia or whatever, but I just feel like those are the toughest motherfuckers. And the people that do Muay Thai are just fucking scary. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's just like, maybe it's a combination of just America selling the sports best, even though the sports best is not in America for that particular sport. You know what I mean? And so, and so you might have like, other athletes known in Muay Thai a bit more in America than you do like the Thai fighters, like the actual Thailand fighters. See, the thing is, I don't know any Muay Thai fighters except Rod Tang. So to mm. me, it's just... Well, about you know, like Sen Chai, he had a great year too. I don't really know. If he, if he uh, told me yeah. that, I'd be like, maybe he's old or new. Like, I don't know. Oh, he's sick. Which also oh, no, we wonder- made that post when he was like severely outweighed. Mm, Remember that yeah, post? Yeah. That guy. He had a great year. See, to me, they're all just dope Muay Thai fighters. And they are. Saying, yeah. Why, I mean, why is Muay Thai yeah. not that big compared to boxing? Boxing is dope know. too. Not to shit on any art, but. Yeah. I don't know because boxing is easier to understand. It's less, it's less brutal, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the brutality. For me, I'd rather watch Muay Thai over boxing any day. Mm-hmm. But again, the American wheel isn't on that. Like in boxing, you get to think of all these rivalries, the personalities. You think of Muay Thai, you don't have that. They're not speaking English. You don't have the American like wheel driving like rivalries or anything like that. You just know like, oh, they're going to be two tough as fuck guys I don't know of. Like if that was like that in boxing, you probably wouldn't watch boxing either. You know, so I think that's a big part of it. Those Thailand fighters started speaking English and the American, you know, propaganda machine started going on them. Like if there was an organization in America, yeah, it would explode, I think. Good on one for having mixed fights because I want to see some of these Muay Thai guys fight boxers. Yep, yep. you'll see it, man. Yeah, to like, see, like, that one is doing some great things, and one is coming to America in 2023. I forget where their first event is, I think it's Colorado or something. I forget, but yeah, they're gonna have live fights, and that might, that'll probably help. What is your most underrated art for the upcoming year? Like, what is being neglected by martial artists? Ooh, karate. Oh, good one. Yeah. Why do you say karate? Because the Wonder Boys, the Machitas, like I just saw some striking coaches being like, oh yeah, we underutilize the sidekick. I'm like, bro, sidekick is one of the most oldest karate techniques ever. No shit. It's, it's, yeah, it is really good and it is underutilized. And yeah, if you don't know it, like people commonly thought the sidekick was like, oh, it's easy to evade. Like, no, it's not. It has a huge range. You have like 90 degrees. Like you can't move to the outside and be okay on an outside kick. You got on a side kick, you got to move on the inside. Like there's a lot of complexity to it where you know, the distance management, I think the low hand approach to karate lends really well. If you're good at distance management, the low hand approach now makes it hard to get taken down right? Because you can just rip those underhooks on the guy that's trying to shoot on you. So it's one of those things where I do think, yeah, karate is the most underutilized. No one really treats it with respect, but there are some really strong components of it that would lend well to MMA. And just look at Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy is still good. And uh, yeah, I was thinking about Machida the other day. Just in some ways, he was like almost a perfect fighter. He did everything so well. I think for me, I'm going to go with judo. Yeah, judo is a great one. Because I feel like Fine, you may not be good at wrestling, but instigate that clinch and keep them off balance, you know, and use that to give yeah, fucking just get dominant position. You throw them, you keep them off balance. That'll open up your strikes. That'll keep them nervous. I just feel like we're not doing enough of that. It's always I, like personally, I'd like to see more like nogi judo. Yeah. Do they do like, that? I mean, some 
Like I know J Flow, Justin Flores teaches, you know, his judo wrestling hybrid, he calls it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is great. He's he's easily the best. I think he's the best takedown teacher there is. And the way he melds both of those worlds together, I think is unparalleled. Right, I'm going to have to check him out. Yeah. J-Flow is a great follow. Because I feel like that's what made Machida so good. Because he had that karate. Huh? He was always tripping everybody. Huh? He was so good at those trips. But it was also he did sumo, which was dope. Yes. So I feel like in a few years, like maybe we could answer sumo as that thing. Like what's up yeah. represented. But he yeah. had such a good base. And that the judo people have the best hips. And he just trip you and then fucking knock you out like once mm-hmm. you hit the floor. Like, or he would, could use his jujitsu. So, yeah, I'm about that. Right, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up today too. What? Just because I don't think people know it, and I think people should know it, is Bellator competed against Ryzen, a cross promotion. You take your five best fighters, we take our five best fighters. Let's have them fight and see who's the better organization. And I'm like, dang, that's like some WCW, NWO type shit. Like, I don't know. I loved it for the idea of like. They did that already or it's going to happen? They did it already. It just happened yesterday. I didn't even know about it. Mm-hmm. And. Who won? It, it felt like a pride event. One, because Ryzen's in Japan, so they hosted. Okay. And so like they went with the pride music, like the confetti, the awards, like everything was pride. It's an awesome event. You should watch it or watch the highlights, whatever you can find of it. The crazy thing is, not only did Bellator win, they swept five to zero. Really? Yes. And what, it was all weight classes? So is that why they chose five? Yeah, yeah, they chose the fighters. Sometimes you chose the champion, like Pitbull was, you know, Perpetricio Pitbull was a champion. AJ McKee wasn't, but he also fought. Juan Archuleta fought. And they beat the best of Ryzen. It was mostly decisions, but it was good fights. And it just felt like pride. Even like the fighters are wearing like... AJ McKee wore like this headdress that looked like like Super Shredder. And he's wearing it while he's accepting the award and shit. It just felt... It felt so pride. I loved it. And like just an awesome... An awesome thing to do. And then they're going to try to make it like a New Year's tradition. Supposedly, I'd love to see that. Do UFC? Yeah, and I'm like, that's a great thing. Make a cross promotion thing, New Year's tradition. So that way, at the end of the year, you're like, all right, who was the better this year? And again, like these fighters just get more experience against, you know, someone else. They get that international appeal now because now they're doing it in Japan, where Bellator is more of an American organization. I just wish that, like, I mean, I, I've even heard one championship try to offer that to the UFC, but the UFC doesn't care about to doing that. And I get it. They're looked at as the superior product, so they don't want to like risk it against an inferior product. But I give major props to Bellator and Ryzen doing it. And one I championship think, for even offering it up. Yeah, I think they'll all emerge eventually, and then they'll go against Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, even if one championship's like, yo, we want to get in on it in three-way and just like, yeah, cool, man. I'm, I'm in. I'm Going forward, right, I watched the highlights of it first, right, and then I watched a fight, and I'm like, dang, that's good. And, like, now I want to watch the whole card. And it's kind of similar to one championship. Like, one championship won me over. Like, I'm going to watch every card now that's made available to me easily, especially because, like, a lot of the cards are free. I'm like, why wouldn't I watch that? Now, am I going to pay for one championship card? I don't know, maybe at some point, but right now I'm loving it. It's on Prime, right, Amazon? One championship, yes. I don't know what provider provided... Bellator versus Ryzen. I just found them on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Well, YouTube's going to get a uh, football too. Oh, it is. Yeah. Dang. About time. The NFL, like $10 billion or something. NFL Sunday ticket was whack. So much money. And you, you miss all of like the games that are on like national TV. So I think that's all going to YouTube. Good. YouTube TV. Nice. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to finish off on? What are you looking forward to in the upcoming year? What are your goals as a fighter? And what are your goals that you want to watch? Like, what do you hope happens? My goals personally is to uh, spar more. Okay. Yeah. Not grappling. Well, I'm just consistent enough in grappling. I want to spar often. I feel like my sparring has been like once a week at best. Not at best. I guess I'm sparring with my brother, but I don't really count that. Yeah, I just want to get more frequency with sparring and kickboxing Muay Thai. Want to learn some more things. I just want to be a better striker, I guess. Yeah, that would be my personal goal. What I'd like to see 
what, like out of MMA in 2023? Like, what do you, yeah. is that the question? Less rematches. That's good. Yeah, that's it. I, I want to see less recycled top five guys constantly going. And top five guys fighting once a year, the same top five guys. That would be my biggest wish. Okay. Yeah. You got yourself some? Yeah, I want to just grapple a lot and start standing up a lot more. I want to hopefully try and attain a purple belt by the end of the year and feel like one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I also want to box more. I've been occasionally going to like boxing classes, like once every two weeks. So it's not like a priority, but like it feels like a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's good to switch it up instead of just grappling, yeah. you know, and like and getting hit a little and hitting somebody. And then, uh, yeah, with MMA, I'm really looking forward to that Islam Alexander Volkanovski oh, match. Oh, yeah. Even though I don't think it's going to be close, I still want that to happen because I feel like then that opens up everything else for what's going to happen at 145 and 151 forward. Yeah. And I want to see like a little bit more movement. I just felt like this year was like a little bit like, all right, we have the huge Oliveira card. And then it was like kind of quiet. The huge card with Pereira. Like, I don't know. It just felt, I think it'd be nice to have like a little consistency, maybe put some bigger fights on the fight. I hear that. Oh, goal for the podcast. More guests. Yes. We are in the plans for more guests this year, for sure. But we should also do a guest of the year here too. Who do you want to give it to? So we had, who are our guests? We had Andy. We had Brian, we had Brandon, and that woman, Marie. Who else did we have? Do we have anyone else? No, that's it. I don't think we really did guess this year. Yeah, I would say Brandon. Yeah, Brandon's the only Brandon's martial super artist. super active. We had him on a second time. <laughs> like, we love Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I say guest of the year for Brandon. Brandon Guptill, you're listening to this. You're the dude this year, dude. Thank you for all the support, brother. For sure. And then, yeah, this coming year, we have some things in store. Yeah. Yeah, I've been talking to that guy, Ian Heinsch. He fights in the UFC, and he has Ian an amazing Heinish. story. Yeah. Heinish, we want him. Mm-hmm. Chase Sherman. I Chase Sherman from the UFC. Yeah, we're trying so to we're get these guys get lined up. Yep. I got some All upcoming right. guys, too. Some guys that people don't know about, but probably will soon, too. Yeah, your boy, right? That trains with Dan Henderson? Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be on. Yeah. I'm going to try to get my coach on, some other guys on. Yeah. To me, Dan Henderson is maybe the most underrated fighter ever, just in general. He could be. He's up there. Yeah. I put him, I put him on like definitely top five most underrated fighters ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd say you want to close out in like what you're thankful for, for like particularly a philosophy of fighting? Yeah, I think doing this podcast forces me to keep going to the gym even when I don't feel like going to the gym. Mm. And yeah, I really like doing the Instagram. So those of you that follow the Instagram and like stuff, like I like. Anoop's been killing it lately too. By the way, the fighting profiles, the reels lately. I I think I appreciate you doing a lot of that stuff right now. Like this month, you've been like crushing it. And then I think the big thing that I'd be appreciative for is there are a lot of like big time fighters that have liked, shared, and even commented on a lot of our stuff, or even sent us a message. And that means a lot to me. I'm sure it does to you too, Anoop. But uh, even like when Mike Bisping was like one of the first yep. people that commented on his fighter profile and was like, he's like, dang, it make this reading this makes me feel like my career was like worth it. And you're like, God dang, like or like losing his eye and stuff I'm like, dang, that that's that's something that impacts us a lot. What I loved about that post was I wasn't even that nice to Bisping in the beginning. I was like, yo, a lot yeah. of people didn't like Bisping. People thought he was an asshole, you know, yep. and then, but he understood that like I, I like i it wasn't like just bowing down to him and then yes. when he was like yo this makes it worth it that was awesome damian yeah. maya wrote us henzo gracie wrote us hegan machado wrote us yeah. andre ward the boxer wrote us mm-hmm. there's been a uh, lot of people that even commented fighters it it's been pretty awesome we're happy to highlight uh their lives their fights their careers yeah we're in this community we love this community so that does mean a lot. And I would like to close the year and kind of saying thanks for that. Yeah, guys. And if you know anybody that wants to, to be on the pod, you know, tell them to reach out. Yeah, send them our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and thank you, Artie, for uh, continuing to edit the podcast. For sure. And congratulations again on the brown belt. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll, let's see where we end up next year. Yes. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for joining us, like always. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting. We would like to thank one of our sponsors, Protect Your Neck MMA. It's like the Wu-Tang song. They have a lot of great rash guards and shorts, make great gifts. If you go to our Instagram page, philosophy underscore fighting, you'll find the link to Protect Your Neck MMA, and you'll get a 15% discount on any of the goods that they sell. Tell Michael Shear, the owner, that you know us. Great people. These are created by jiu-jitsu guys, for jiu-jitsu guys, or any combat sport and fans of 90s hip-hop. All right, cheers.